0: KWFN-FM and KWFN-HD1 San Diego,
1: a radio.com sports station. Hi, uh, this is Mackenzie Gore from San Diego Padres. This ball game belongs to my San Diego Padres. Padres play here on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. This program is sponsored and produced by Wilsey Asset Management. Opinions and offers expressed during this program are not those of Intercom Communications or 97.3 The Fan. Welcome
0: to your commercial-free
2: Well, good morning and welcome to Smart Investing Show. I am Brent Wilsey, and thank you for joining us this morning. I have been doing the Smart Investing Show here in San Diego on local radio for 27 years. Now, if you have investment questions or want a fundamental analysis on a stock you own or are looking at buying, selling, or holding, please call in at 833-288-0973. Again, that's 833 288 zero nine seven three and then I'll get you through if you're an unbiased, no strings attached, fundamental opinion about what you wanna talk about. Chase, what do you got going on this morning?
3: Well a lot going on. Got a lot of good things that, that we saw this week. Uh you know, obviously the the market still remains pretty volatile moving up and down but I mean we did have some great economic news come out this week uh you know kind of starting off with homebuilders
2: sentiment I mean wow that was just phenomenal if you looked at that report there uh, I, I know it's just great and I, I mean when we when i saw that report come out i was like holy cow most almost said the wrong word <laughs> holy cow <laughs> it was just like so impressive so let, let's talk about the great news on home builder uh really stoking the economy here builder sentiment climbed 21 points to 58 now this is the largest monthly increase on record and again keep in mind a reading above 50 is a sign of improvement so they came above that at 58 and compare those numbers to the April when the index fell to a record, well, fa- actually fell a record 42 points uh, all the way down to 30. It was just unbelievable. I mean, it, it's crazy. And we, we looked
3: at the current sales conditions. I mean, Gosh, that rose 21 points to 63, and uh, I know you were talking to a client yesterday. He's looking at a house in Pasadena, mm-hmm. and gosh, I forget the
2: numbers on it, but it was just like, what? I mean, the, the market's crazy right now in the housing sector. And, and just to give you those numbers so you know how crazy it was, uh, the house was listed for $980,000. Uh, I think he put in a bid uh, above that. He raised his bid, I think, to a million, I think he said 75000 the house sold for a million, too. I mean, it was just unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, that is crazy. I mean, you talk about a bidding war. Right, and we know why. Inventory, low inventory.
3: Oh yeah, I mean, that's why we talk about the home builder sentiment. It's a great time to be a home builder because <laughs> yeah. there's not
2: much inventory on the market there. So
3: hey, you gotta get the inventory from somewhere. Those home builders are coming in yeah, quite c- Yeah, Common
2: sense being like, okay, if there's a shortage of homes, how do we increase that shortage? Oh, we build some homes.
3: Yeah, exactly, and I—I I mean, the only thing was, I mean, you look at sales expectations in the next six months. That was very strong at sixty-eight. Buyer traffic still remained below the fifty mark, but it did increase twenty-two points in May to uh, forty-three in June. Uh, which is pretty pretty astounding. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, as I said, still below that 50 mark, but I think there's still people that are probably shopping more online for homes rather than going in. Just, just concerns over COVID, I'd hey, say.
2: And keep in mind, this is for May. Now here in June in California, now we have the, the um, uh, gyms are open now, uh, nail salons are open. So I think people start to feel better. So we could see that number next month for June. Uh, when it comes out in july obviously uh increase above 50. so we'll see but it, it is a sign that wow double the amount of people coming through uh to see homes yeah it's very strong so
3: i mean i am just really excited about where, where things lie and uh i'll, I'll go out there and say I, i'm
2: glad we have a home builder in the portfolio <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And we talked about people a long time ago by the home builders, because, again, we looked down the road that there was going to be a shortage of homes anyways. uh, So now we've got to build more homes. So um, also, too, uh, you know, we did want to talk about a little bit here. in addition to the the new homes was retail sales. I got to put this in here as well, because that jumped. A record 17.7% for the month of May. I mean, can things get any better? Well, I shouldn't say that. They could, but <laughs> pretty darn good. I thought you were going to skip over the retail sales. Nah, I, was I, I, I was like, I this is bring- so important. Yes. I mean, I mean, you talk about it again. It's seven,
3: i, I got to say it again. 17.7% climb in the month of May. Of course, we came <laughs> off a very depressed level. But, I mean, you actually look at where things are compared to last year it's pretty phenomenal. I mean, we we're only down 6.1% in terms of those retail sales. That That's, that's astonishing. I mean, I, I was just blown away by that. And if you exclude food services, because people still might be a little bit yeah. nervous to go out and eat. Well, it was only down 1.4% compared to last year. I mean, that is, again, amazing that we're only down that much considering we're in the middle of this pandemic where people aren't going out and oh my gosh, I thought the economy was terrible to have a 1.4 percent decline again compared to last year when the pandemic wasn't even idea that that's crazy
2: yeah it it is crazy and 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 i can't believe Well, maybe you're, you're saving it for me but you didn't talk about the clothing and accessory stores how hard they were hit but what a number they saw I'll save it for you. You go ahead and
3: get it. <laughs> 188% increase. So people did return back to those clothing and accessory stores,
2: which which is good for those retailers. Yeah. Yep. And, and so, it, again, <clears throat> coming off a very low bottom, but there was concerns like, oh, no one's ever going to go back to the stores again. They're not going to go out. And and actually, we did a post uh, last week. I don't think we're talking about it now, but talking about how the online retailers, including big ones like Lululemon, where people are buying stuff online, they return it, and they're ghosted. I mean they can't get through by email uh, on hold on the phone for an hour or two a lot of people saying i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go online anymore i'm gonna go back to the stores um or at least do what is it uh, buy online pick up in store uh so there is going to be a need for stores they are not going to go away completely
3: yeah i mean i i I definitely don't like shopping online i've I've told this story before but gosh i I bought clothes online one time Mm -hmm. they came they did not fit right Then you have to, you know, send it back. And it's almost at the point where I was like, I don't even want to send it back. I just held on to it, (laughs) It's like, it's just such a pain to to have to go
2: through that. So, um, you know, I personally will always shop in stores when I need clothes. And and you gotta be careful. My my fiance, Christina, I mean, she bought, I think half the stuff she bought online clothing-wise, had to be returned and what really irritated me was some of these other online retailers she had to pay to ship it back I go you gotta be kidding me so you you, you get nothing and you had to pay to ship it back that's ridiculous so you gotta be careful that if you're shopping online
3: absolutely that's why again the stores will uh, be here and they'll be uh, I think around for for many many
2: many years (laughs) the the good strong ones that figure out a way to make it beneficial for people to come in and shop and experience that's gonna be very important going forward so all right let's talk about the crazy story on Hertz Uh, It could definitely hurt people by investing into it. Uh, These retail traders have gone crazy, and many are not even trying to understand investing. They're just like, oh, it's like gambling for them. Uh, Last week, we talked about the rise in Nicola, a company that has no sales. And this week, we're talking about Hertz. Now, the company announced it was going bankrupt in May with Senate stock falling to a low of 40 cents on May 26th. Since then, the price action has been all over the place. Uh, post-bankruptcy high of $6.25 on June 7th. Uh, Chase, let's talk about the craziness of why this is happening.
3: I mean, as you said, this is pure speculation. This is actual musical chairs. I mean, you're at some point the music is gonna stop and who's ever holding the stock last is gonna have something that's mm-hmm. worth absolutely nothing. This is not investing. This is the retail investors that, that have no idea how the stock market actually functions. I mean, y- you look at the numbers behind Hertz and why is anybody buying this? Because it's it's just the movement in the stock. It's, it's a guessing that hopefully somebody out there is stupider than you are, or right. more stupid. Stupider is not a word. Now <laughs> I sound like an idiot. But anyways, if you look at the numbers here for Hertz, they have nearly $19 billion worth of debt. Equity, just $1.4 billion. I, I can tell you, that's not a very good ratio. That's a lot of debt compared yeah. to very little equity. And again, people don't understand what that means when a company goes bankrupt. They're, they're missing that entire point, is they can come out Reorganize and still be a company, but all the shareholders in that bankrupt company have nothing. Yeah. And it, it's just, it's, I was going to say it's sad, but it's, it, it's really not. You're stupid for buying it, right? And holding it. So well, I, well, I don't well, really
2: feel that bad. I, I try to be nice and
3: call foolish or silly, you know. But I don't even know. This is, this is <laughs> stupid. stupid. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, you, know. you're buying a company that they even c- came out in their SEC filing and said, yeah,
2: pretty much like, It's worthless. And (laughs) and, and actually what's going on here is that there's a lot of people that uh, are at home. They're getting those big unemployment checks. They have nothing to do. They got the stimulus checks. And like, hey, let's go on Robin Hood. You know, let me have some fun here. I got nothing else to do. Those are the ones. And I think we talked about last week how much the – uh, uh, new accounts on applications uh, opened up for Robinhood. Was it six hundred percent? Something crazy. after uh, that. the number.
3: of trades was up like three hundred percent. And yeah. you know, even the big custodians like Schwab and TD right. and uh, E Trade, they've seen like doubling in the account sizes for retail accounts and. I mean i I just kind of back to hertz it's still at a dollar 73 i don't even know how it's at that level to be honest (laughs) yeah well
2: there's probably some people people still playing the game like okay well this will be all right you know yeah let's buy it 173 because maybe it's going to go back up to six and uh and and you're right It's a musical chairs and when the music stops who's ever left holding that stock well sorry you lost it and i've been doing this for 40 years i've seen it happen before and i told people back uh, early, when, when was it was uh, at 2007, 2008, when GM filed bankruptcy, I was telling people, get out of it. Oh, no, those are still going to be around. Yeah, well, they lost all their money, and GM's still around. Still the same thing with what Macy's filed bankruptcy. We, we've talked about this over and over for people. Macy's, American Airlines, Delta Airlines. I
3: mean, uh, there's a lot of these companies that, that file bankruptcy, and they're still around, and, and people say, oh, that's so wrong. Well, what actually happens is somebody has that brand name, so they say, well, that's no longer the same company. Somebody else wants to buy that brand name because they think they can actually utilize it. So like Toys R Us, when they filed right. bankruptcy, somebody said, well, I can actually use ToysRUs.com and build something, so they buy that brand. It's not the same business. It's just they're buying the new brand and they're going to carry it on. So you have to be very careful, and you can't blame the companies here. This is why you have to do the research when you hold these businesses. And you know, I fault the investors. I don't fault the businesses. Right. I mean, it, it's who whoever will buy it aids the problem essentially
2: yep yep and and again just the bottom line you're gonna lose money on herds they are a bankrupt company and
3: i mean you look at the debt levels i mean chesapeake's another one you look at how the debt is trading for chesapeake
2: didn't chesapeake actually do a reverse split i think they could have. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I didn't see that. I, I think they did because I th- I think I saw their stock price like at twenty six or some mm. crazy thing. So that and that's usually and I forget the numbers. Sorry to interrupt you there, but but actually I think seventy percent of companies that do reverse splits, uh, a year later they're gone. They're bankrupt.
3: Yeah. But what I was gonna say on the uh, the debt levels, if you look at how the debt is trading for Hertz and Chesapeake, the debt is not even trading mm. favorably. So what happens is the debt bondholders. They're senior compared to the common shareholders. So that means they're worried they're not even going to get their money back as a debt holder. So as a common stockholder, why would you have any inkling that you think you're going to have some type of bid into the assets of the company, you you won't. If the debt is not even gonna get paid, (laughs) the common shareholders have absolutely no claims to that business.
2: And and actually, Chase, we always talk about before we invest in a company, we spend 10, 15, maybe 20 hours of research looking at, understanding the business. I think people buying uh, Hertz, or spending 10, 15, maybe 20 seconds uh, understanding what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> we they're just that watching that
3: the stock price and say, oh, wow, this stock was at $20 and now it's at 40 cents. Wow, that's a great value. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh my gosh. <laughs>
2: Talk about scary. Yep. So that's what we're here for, trying to educate people so they don't lose their money. We've seen too many people, uh, especially myself, over 40 years, people losing money doing crazy things. So we try to prevent that for you, make you a smarter investor. Uh, with that said, Chase, let's move on to dividend stocks because the pandemic has no doubt been difficult for stocks. And those stocks paying dividends as companies try to keep as much cash as again. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to retain their cash because no one's really sure what's going to happen going forward, uh, they want to weather the storm. So companies have been cutting their dividends or suspending them, but not quite as bad as it sounds.
3: Yeah, no, I, I mean, uh, it's been kind of surprising because you, you hear again in the media talk, oh, you know, this company cut it, this cut it. You're like, wow, everybody's cutting their dividends. Yep. But you actually look at the numbers, as you said, just 60 companies out of the entire S&P 500 cut or suspended their dividends, and of the entire index of firms paying dividends, only 14 percent suspended that dividend.
2: That's not very many. I mean, I, I and I really thought before this, uh, I saw that. I really thought, like, it was a lot more than that. So it was good to see that. Uh, the other thing, too, I think some of the companies that cut <clears throat> or suspend their dividends, I, I think they will re- will return probably the first of the year in 2021 because I think we'll be through that. This will be behind us. And it's always hard going through the storm. It's very hard. I mean, we're, we're seeing things that, oh, my gosh, I can't believe we did that. I can't believe that happened. But when you look at twenty January twenty twenty one, you're not looking at investment wise January twenty twenty one. You look at the summer of 2021. So things are always looking ahead ahead about six months.
3: Yeah, no, very important to look at that. And the dividend in particular, I know some people that invest for dividends are like, oh, I'm going to get out of this company because it's no longer paying a dividend. I think that's a huge mistake because, as you said, just because they suspended it doesn't mean they can't reinstate it. Again, very (coughs) important. The idea that that comes back next year, you buy the stock, let's say now, and the stock goes up and they reinstate the same dividend they had. Right. Wow, you could be getting, you know, a 10, 12% yield on that company because you were patient with it. Yeah. And it made sense that they suspended their dividends. They needed some cash and, you know, some companies had cash, but they're like, ah, we have to, you know, do the right thing here and preserve that." And then again, I think once things are better than expected, I think they could do very, very well reinstate it. Be a big positive for those shareholders again that were looking two, three years down the road,
2: not one to two months. Right, right. and again, we always talk long-term investing, but uh, you just have to kind of look at that because maybe they do reinstate the dividend, which I think many companies will, and you've gotta be smart about this stuff. As you mentioned, Chase, you've gotta look at, okay, the dividend was this, understand why the company did it. They're not sure what the, f- the future holds. They might have a billion dollars in cash, but why should they say, oh yeah, everything's fine. Let's just spend the, the money on dividends and just buy all this stuff. No, they're gonna be cautious with that money. When things turn around, they see their sales return. We just talked about retail sales and payroll sales, that things are coming back. Um, you will see them saying, yeah, w- we can pay that dividend. Because the company will pay the dividend uh, when they have their their operations met. And I, and I think by 2021, I, I think you'll see some dividends return.
3: And especially a couple of these retailers, uh, as we kind of talked about with the strong retailers, I think a couple of them, with these good retail sales numbers, things could be turned around a lot faster than anticipated. Mm-hmm. They may be reinstated by, actually I, I, I don't know about that. I was gonna say by the end of the year, but I, I think as long as this is still kind of prevalent, I think they're gonna be cautious. So I, I think you're right, probably yeah. look at 2021, I think if things go well, they didn't really burn through much cash, don't have, you know, exorbitant debt levels.
2: I think that dividend right. could come back for many of these strong retailers. And the important thing is, too, is that you've got to look at the fundamentals. And so don't be the guy or, or woman that down the road a year like, oh, I should have listened to Brent and Chase. I should have bought, you know, back in uh, June of 2020. Now look at the dividend. Oh, now I'm not going to pay a higher price for it to get that dividend and so forth. You won't get the yield. So what they need to do, Chase, you need to call in. We need to talk about that. That's why it's an open show. Uh, Phone numbers here. You you have a stock you want to look at. uh, You want to know if you should buy it, sell it, maybe hold it. We're not sure. We'll look at that for you. Phone numbers here. Now we're going to open the lines 833-288-0973. Again, that's 833-288-0973. And as always, that I get you through for your unbiased, no strings attached, fundamental opinion about what you want to talk about you know chase i i, I do want to talk about increased mortgage applications but i don't eat breakfast before i come in here and unfortunately we, on my screen we have this thing called the time clock so we know where we stand they've got a big picture on the very bottom for dq Ice cream, the blizzards, and I'm sitting here starving right now looking at that. So I'm getting an advertisement to the Blizzard for DQ, but I, I gotta go the whole hour here just looking at ice cream the whole time. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Did, did they pay you for that? Or what? Uh, I think they're going to. Maybe they should deliver the uh, ice cream because I'm sitting here like, oh my gosh, I'm so hungry. <laughs> so but let's talk about the uh, increased mortgage applications while we're waiting for the calls to come on through. Uh, Again, more great economic news. And again, we share this with you. Uh, We want you to understand what's going on because there's so much negativity out there on other things. Things are not as bad as we look. We're looking for progress. Uh, And I did talk about back in March, probably more like April, saying we're going to have a boom that's going to come up in the second half. uh, And I think we'll start seeing it in June or July. We're starting to see that. We're talking about that. Now, uh, one thing, too, I'm kind of jumping around here on you, was a money supply in May, uh, which is M1 and M2, was 23 trillion that was up another trillion from april and it looks like people they're starting to maybe spend a little bit more but the money supply is still increasing which is a positive thing
3: yeah, absolutely i mean you throwing me for a loop here I wasn't prepared for you to talk about money supply but <laughs> I, our estimate was 25 trillion so we were off by a trillion dollars but again still very strong that you know it came in at that level and uh you know i see jim in san diego's calling in but did just want to again touch on the mortgage applications you talked about them yep. but the, the numbers here is just fantastic i mean they actually increased four percent over the last week that was the ninth week in a row that we've seen an increase i mean that's phenomenal and that means we were 21% higher compared to last year, and it was the highest volume in more than 11 years. So, again, this means a lot of people, they're ready to buy those homes. They need to mm-hmm. find those homes to buy those. <laughs> so, and,
2: and you well, know what, we'll see what happens. And What also is happening, too, is that the mortgage rates are coming down a little bit because before I talked about the spread was so high from the 10-year Treasury to the mortgage rates. Well, now we're starting to see those come down a little bit. I think we had the lowest ever. I think it was like uh God, do I have the number here. Let me see if I have I think it was... Let's see if I can get it right. I think it was like 2.98 on a 30-year fixed. Uh, let me just get my notes here. Gosh, uh, I know. I, we're talking to uh, clients, and they were looking at 2.75. They have good credit, but... Yep. Uh, yeah, 10-year treasury... Um, no, I don't have. I don't have. Oh, oh, here it is. Thirty year around three point one three percent a year goes three point eight four. I thought I did see it fall below three percent, but but maybe not. I I thought, but I anyways. think if you have
3: good credit, like I said, like I said, I mean, we had a client two point seven five percent. They're looking at a thirty year. I mean, that is phenomenal. It
2: gets confusing. They may have paid points for that. I mean, yeah. it gets confusing. So that's why we, I try to look at the straight one with no points. Yep. What it is, but the point, the point being, <laughs> is that uh, what's happening is that uh initially there was a big spread between the 10-year treasury and the mortgage rate it is coming down a little bit uh the norm is usually about uh, oh 1.9 percent spread between the treasury and the mortgage rate right now it's around 2.4 so it could still drop uh, and I, I talked about it on KSI gosh months ago that we should see it around 2.5 2.6 so we might get there just be patient yeah all right good news there good news there. okay so let's let's go to the phones again phone numbers 1833. 2880973 again that's 8332880973 let's go out to San Diego and speak with Jim. Jim, you're on the Smart Vessel Brent Chase. How can we help you?
0: Good morning guys, can you hear me on this headset?
2: Yep, we can hear you fine.
0: Fine. um I own some uh, I've known some options in uh, rider letter R and uh I was out looking at uh, what forward earnings are on it, and I can get earnings for 2021, fiscal year 2021. But uh, the place I go to get earnings, there's no earnings for 2022. And uh, I wonder if you guys might comment on that.
2: Okay. And how far out do your options go?
0: They go out to January of 22.
2: January of 22. They're like a a uh, year and a half out. Yeah, I think when you go beyond a year, I believe they're called leaps uh, because you're actually going out even farther. But um, still, and let people I know. Pr-
0: I think you're right. Okay. Yeah. And, and that,
2: that's actually the, uh, the option to actually buy the stock at a certain price, is what you did, correct?
0: That's correct. Yeah, I bought, okay. it, uh, bought the options a oh, you know, month and a half ago when the thing was just hosed.
2: Okay. Well, well, let's take a look at the, 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 all the numbers here because I do want to check to make sure that there sure. is some quality to writer systems incorporated. Again, their symbols are. Uh, unfortunately, here, uh, Jim, we do not see any PE ratio versus 178 for the industry. Uh, price to sales, 0.23 versus 1.49. Price to book value looks good, point. Uh, one same as the industry and price of cash flow, uh, not material, but that's the same as the industry. Now you do get a 6% dividend, but no earnings. This dividend could be one that could be cut or the company has to borrow to pay that dividend. Not a good thing to do that year over year. Sales look okay. They're up two and a half percent, but the industry was up 12.5%. We do see earnings per share fell by 151%. That was worse than the industry fall of 98%. Here's what worries me, Jim. Current ratio, 0.85 versus 0.56. That's not too bad, but what's really bad is the debt to equity at 364 versus 266. Now, maybe there's something else there, but if there's not, you got a debt to equity of 360%. That's just frightening to me. You may not make it for another year in that leap out to 2022. Uh, We we do see that the return to equity is a negative 6.6 versus a positive 1 for the industry. Net profit margin negative 1.8 versus 0. 0.82. And we do see receivable, receivable turnover 7.4 versus 8.2. And then inventory turnover, a very good 60 versus 0. 0.5 for the industry. That sounds kind of strange. But Chase, uh, tell us about the earnings going forward. Yeah, one thing too, just, just on the debt level there, Jim, is
3: w- we always do want to make sure that you know they don't have any financing or, or anything of that nature because that could always affect it. But you know we're always very very cautious with high debt companies clearly. But as I said, want to make sure that if they do have some financing, that could benefit their their true debt ratio is what I guess I'll, I'll call it. Yeah, but looking like at the numbers,
0: if, if they lease if they lease their stuff, for instance, that's sort a.
3: Of Exactly. Yeah. Or like cars, they'll have, uh, or like auto dealers, they'll have different types of, you know, floor financing, things like that. So that does skew the, the debt to equity. Just just always want to make sure you understand what's going on with that, that debt level. Uh, but looking sure. at the numbers here, current price $37.39, 52 week high $60.55, and 52 week low $22.62. Now, if I look out to December 2021, which is the, the the earnings we look at, the estimated earnings per share on a gap basis, well, that's $2.38. That would give us a target sell price of $38.56. Now, I will point out, wow, back in 2018, they made $5.17. So I, I'm not sure why their earnings are all over the place. I'm not sure how hard the pandemic really, really hit this business, but it seems like their earnings are quite volatile. And, uh, you know, commenting on the December 2022, we don't have any on Reuters either. So it it looks like analysts may not be comfortable projecting out beyond 2021,
2: which uh, does concern me a little bit. And, and Jim, I did look, too, for 2021, there's only four analysts. So very possible those four analysts say, yeah, we're just not going to go out to 2022. Uh, And Reuters Systems, that's the big truck rental company. Is that correct? That's correct. Yep. So yeah. that, that, that that they're
0: that like they're, they're like the uh, to, to bounce off your earlier comments. They're like the Hertz of the truck rental business.
2: Okay. Okay. Well, hopefully the they're not.
0: <laughs> we
3: don't <laughs> want them to be like the Hertz to go bankrupt though. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right, right, right at thirty-seven,
0: I think I'm we're just, safe. I'm just, out. just saying, guys. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: I think it is a different because I think people – maybe it is good because with the housing market yeah. booming, people renting trucks, uh, you know, U-Haul and Rider Systems, I I don't understand the business that well. I, if I were you, I'd make sure I'd understand who's renting their trucks and how that's going to happen. Very important to understand the business, but that could be a benefit for them with all the moving – hopefully going to be going on over the next year or so yeah i mean definitely depends too (coughs) where you bought the option to to buy it at i mean could could have a
3: a decent spread there based on even the target sell price of you know 38 40 a share let's say and you know maybe 2022 it's even higher so um, you know, I, I, I don't want to say yes
2: or no, if it's a good idea, but we'll have to wait and see. Yep. <laughs> and, and, and Jim, I will point out to be careful here. I mean, back in March or April, we were so happy, like kids in a candy store. Like, wow, we got so many things to invest. People come over with their money. We did invest like a hundred percent. Like in the next day or two is fantastic. And now to let you know, people come over, uh, we're only investing. What is it? Like 30, 40% of the portfolio because yeah. we can't find things to buy, which is a worrisome sign that things may be moved up too quickly, too, too, mu- too high. Yeah. So. All right, Jim.
0: Yeah, I I, I agree. Yeah, the options were making money, but it's like, should I sell or hang on? You know, so it's that's the game always.
2: That's the game always, and, and that's why we don't do options; we just buy the companies. <laughs> Jim, have a great day. Thanks for calling.
0: I just Bye-bye. I just didn't want if they went bankrupt, I didn't want my whole thing wiped out. I just the option would wipe out rather than stock.
2: Yeah, at this point, it's a possibility with that much debt, but it takes a lot more research to, to understand that. So I, I I would not say don't worry about it. But I would say a lot more research needs to be done to make sure you're you're not going to go bankruptcy down the road. All righty?
0: Once again, you guys, big thank you for your show. Thank you.
2: Well, Jim, thank you. Appreciate you being there. Have a good one. Bye-bye. All right. That does open the phone line, 833-288-0973. Again, that's 833-288-0973. And I was just going to kind of comment on that, too, is uh, talking about
3: Ryder in particular going bankrupt, perhaps. I I just, you know, you have to be so in tune with what's going on because I think their debt might actually be okay. I mean, we had a big trucking uh, company in the portfolio and their debt to equity looked terrible. But they actually had one of the best balance sheets I've ever seen just right. because they financed the trucks. And especially being a leasing company, I'm, I'm quite positive that most of that debt is going to come from from uh, financing rather than operations,
2: wh- which should be uh, a positive for that business. Right. right. Yeah. And you, you got That's why you got to understand what's going on with the business there. All right. Phone number is 833 Let's head up to Vista and speak with Donna. Donna, you're in the Smart Investor with Brent and Chase. How can we help you out? I wanted
1: to call say thank you very much for your financial advice and the increase in my portfolio. I am a widow, and I didn't know anything about stocks, and you came to my rescue, and I thank you. I'm sorry for this. Uh, you and your staff are wonderful. Thank you very much.
2: Well, Donna, thank you so much for taking the time to call in. We really appreciate uh, you, and, and I, I appreciate the phone call.
3: Yeah, I know, Donna. We, we I'll say we love you here, you know, yeah. uh, obviously uh, we, we work with you, so uh, we appreciate you and, uh, you know, you're a sweet person. Yes.
2: Thank you very much, and we'll be here for you as long as you need us. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Donna. Bye-bye. Uh, you know, Chase, I, I've been doing this for 40 years, and I really appreciate Donna calling in, and, and we don't have that happen very often, but but this business is not about how much money you make. It's really about helping people out and, and what we do. And it, just, it just made me feel good all the time. I, I've had clients that you know, I got like 30 years ago, and then I, they go through the whole cycle, 40 years, actually, 40 years, I think it's been. <laughs> and, and, and you see them go through the whole cycle, and then you see them retire, they have a nice retirement. I mean, everybody, not everybody, a, lot of, a lot of people get in this business for the wrong reason, to make a lot of money. And you can make a lot of money if you work your butt off and, and do the right things. But it really makes you feel good when you've helped people out to actually do. Do those things. I know.
3: I was like, she got me a little choked up there. <laughs> like, uh, um,
2: you know, she—I I mean, obviously our callers don't know her, but she's just a very, very kind person. Yeah. So, yeah. So we we appreciate helping her and, and actually all our clients. And again, I've had clients for some of them. I think my longest client I've had that I that I can think of is uh, 38 years. Uh, she's been a client. So, yeah, uh, I
3: just want to be clear. We didn't know that was coming. So, yeah,
2: Donna kind of surprised us on yeah. that. And I, I, again, appreciate her calling calling in. So uh, phone number is 833-288-0973. Again, that's 833-288-0973. Let's go out to Coronado and speak with John. John, you're the smart Show, Brent Chase. How can we help you?
1: Hi, guys. Good morning. No, nice uh, call there from Donna. A lot of people don't know, but a lot of widows actually um, are bankrupt within about three years after their spouse's death. So it's nice to hear that you've been able to help her out.
2: Yeah. and You know, just real quick. I mean, I have seen that not just widows, but widowers and so forth where somebody because they're older, they get taken advantage of, doing the wrong thing. It's just terrible. and And I hate seeing it after the fact. Because just, it just irritates me. But yeah, so we do what we can to help we'll out as many what, people. There... Can. And with the radio show, too, as well, we hopefully educate people to be careful of things, mm-hmm. also.
1: Well, tell you what, guys, I'm looking at Shopify. I'm always kind of intrigued by companies that, whose stocks just soars like a rocket, but doesn't have any earnings. And um, just wondering what you guys think about it. Yeah,
2: and, and I, I feel the same way, and I've seen it happen many times. And it's great when it's going up, and we get all excited, uh, but then they don't know what they did and why they did it, and then they end up losing money on it, so... Um, yeah,
3: on. I was going to say, I, I, I think we look at the numbers and then kind of comment on the, the business as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Uh, it is, a, I didn't know this is a Canadian company. No, I, it's a, I think yeah. it's the largest Canadian company. Oh, okay. By market cap, not by the true value of the company, I think, because I think it's pretty pretty pricey. So, and, and, I, and I don't have the numbers to compare it to um, because when I... Yeah, it's just my Reuters is kind of like strange. But anyways, uh, we're going to go to the numbers and see what the numbers actually look like. Again, the company is Shopify Incorporated. Their is S-H-O-P, is a Canadian company. Uh, No P-E ratio. So that tells me no earnings uh, for the company at all. We do see price to sales. Wow, 60 times. That's very expensive. Price to book value, tangible book value, 40. uh, No price to cash flow. They do not pay a dividend. Here's why the stock is trading where it is, is their their growth in sales is up 76%. But this is amazing to me. Their earnings per share fell by 72%. So it's one of these hype companies. And again, I think it's a great business, but everybody's looking at how much they're growing their sales and not that the company is not making any money. What is fortunate though, they do have a good current ratio of 9.5. However, I look at the quick ratio, I, I don't see anything there. So the current ratio could mean... Inventory, accounts receivable, but not really good liquidity uh, uh, quick ratio, which would be cash and short-term securities. It doesn't appear to be anything there. So that would worry me on that one. What is good, though, debt-to-equity is zero, so you don't have to worry about creditors knocking the door to, to bring the company down. Return on equity is a negative 5.1. Net profit margin, they lose 7.7% on every dollar that they sell. And we do see receivable turnover are very good, 48.1. Do you have any earnings on the chase? Well,
3: well, first, I mean, I'm just looking at the current price here, and I'm astounded. I didn't know it has done this well. Uh, Current price here, $881 a share, 52-week high, $895.56, 52-week low, $281.69. So as you kind of said, John, it has skyrocketed. But the concern here, estimated earnings per share on a gap basis for December 2021, negative $2.00 and 29 cents so of course can't get a target sell price on that I mean talking about the business I I I think this is phenomenal I mean uh, I have a a friend that that actually kind of does you know retail helps retail companies you know small businesses actually launch a retail platform And I mean this business is like very very interesting but again to have no earnings I mean it's just it's all hype and it's one of those at-home stocks that people are just buying and the at-home craze reminds me a lot of the dot-com craze where people are just buying it because it's part of the at home trend. And, you know, I've seen so many millennial friends that have posted about this, like, oh, I, I knew Shopify was gonna be great. And, you know, oh, I'm so glad I bought it. And it's just one of those things that is very, very concerning. I believe this is a major bubble and it could go to a thousand, but I think this bubble will burst for Shopify. And I've got to admit, I don't know
2: what the company does. Are they like a
3: Amazon? What, what are they? they? They essentially allow you to build your own e-commerce platform. So if you have a, a store, Mm-hmm. They'll build that online storefront for you, and they assist with the shipping and all the details that go into it. it, it it's it's quite phenomenal, um, but it's just not worth what it's trading at. Yeah, so,
2: John, I, 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 we agree with you, obviously. It doesn't mean the stock <coughs> won't go to 1,000. We've seen some crazy things happen, but, um, you know, again, this is where people get burned on stuff. With a company trading at $885 a share with no earnings, Um just makes no sense to us either
1: no, well, you know, stocks like this or Tesla, just they just always seem like a cult following, but there's really nothing to really support the share price.
2: And, and you know what you can look at as well is the short interest, see how many people are shorting the stock, because that's usually the smart money, because they've done a lot of research to actually understand yeah. the business and say, is there any way for them to really start making money? And that might be wrong for 6, 12, maybe 18 months, but sooner or yeah. later, the reality checks in. Uh, and one way to seeing if the stock is really overpriced also is look at the short interest because a lot of smart money will will short the stock. Uh, they'll get burned mm-hmm. on it for a while, but eventually they make huge, huge money. So, great. Right. Right.
1: All right, guys. Thanks.
2: Okay, John. Thanks for calling. Have a good one. Bye-bye. All right. That does open the phone line. Actually, all lines are open. I just lo- looked over. 833-288-0973. Again, that's 833 288 0973, and as always, gets you through for your unbiased, no strings attached, a fundamental opinion about what you want to talk about.
3: You know, it's so important because, you know, as John kind of said, well, it just seems like it has that cult following. And Mm -hmm. that's what scares me the most is a lot of younger investors or inexperienced investors can make a bunch of money off of, you know, a Shopify or a Tesla. But then the big problem that a lot of people don't realize, oh, you know, they start to get confident and they're like, oh, I know what I'm doing. They don't really know why they made that money, though. They, they think that they do. They try and find that next company and then they, they almost reinvest all their profits. I, I've seen this happen, unfortunately, to a couple friends and they lose 80, 90 percent of it. So then they wipe out all their gains. And it's just it's, it's really quite unfortunate, I, I would have to say. And. You know, you have to understand your process. You have to understand why the stock is doing well. You can't just say, oh, I'm so happy it did well. You have to know why it's doing well (laughs) because you're not investing for one year. You could have, you know, a Blockbuster one year, a Blockbuster two years. But, you know, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, if you have no idea how you made money, you could very well lose it all. I saw this again during the tech bust where people lost 70, 80, 90 percent of their portfolio because they thought that technology was going to be great. And they made, you know, a million dollars, let's say, investing in technology only to have it all wiped out by right. the tech bus.
2: and, and, and actually uh, I, I i did see on cnbc and, and people started asking well i saw this guy who is a well-known investor and i forget his name so i guess not that well known but uh, he's like 81 years old he's a billion dollar investor he's actually in uh england and he can he was on cnbc this past week talking about how he sees the market falling you know 40 percent i believe is what he predicted well it's because of things like shopify it's because of uh, Amazon and Tesla. That's what he's seeing is these things that are way, way overpriced. It doesn't mean your food companies that are trading maybe at you know ten, fifteen times earnings uh, are going to fall fifty percent. But this is where there's a lot of fl- uh, f- uh, what is that word? Fluff, fluff, hey, fluff, 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 fluff. Well, yeah, that's not what I want. Throff. What, what's on top of the froth. coffee? Yeah, froth Yeah, <laughs> frothy, frothy market. Frothy market. There we go. uh... not think of the word there. Um, but there's a lot of that in the market right now, and and and. And we see it, people like uh, y- you know, Jim, John, everybody, there's a lot of people that see it, but that doesn't mean you go to cash. You've got to find the quality businesses that can weather the storm and that also pay good dividends.
3: Yeah, and I, I, I want to give a little caveat there. Of course, you, you don't go to cash fully. I mean, it, I right. think
2: it's, again, prudent to have
3: a little bit of cash right now because things are expensive. I mean, y- you talk to, I, I saw somebody, gosh, I actually, at the Barstool Sports, uh, for those that know, I, I think the guy's done a great job, uh, you know, building that platform, but now he's doing day trading. He basically called out Warren Buffett for saying yeah. how stupid he was for selling the airlines, and he's made all this money off of it. That's great, but I am worried of the airlines. They came back just to these exorbitant levels. And uh, we liked the airlines, uh, you know, a couple months ago, but now they've come back so much, they're, they're overpriced. And I don't see how they can be trading at this levels. And it's like, oh, you see that the traffic's increased. Yeah, they're still flying about 70, 80% <laughs> less flights. It just doesn't make any sense for them to be trading at these levels. I think they, they overcorrected way too quickly. Um, and it just kind of is resemble, resembles a lot of what I think is going on in the market, where you have these people that get on the train and then all of a sudden, the train's going to stop, and there's going to be some big, big problems for people right. that don't understand what the values truly are for
2: the companies they hold. And, and also, too, at our firm, Wealthy Asset Management, we have a very disciplined appro- approach of an, you know, buying and selling based on earnings and so forth. And and this has been our most active year ever. And I think we—and again, we normally—we don't like to trade. We're not traders. But I think you said uh, yesterday—how many trades have we done this year? Was it 11? 11. 11. I mean, we're halfway through. I mean, that is— I don't think I've ever done that many in one entire year, so it shows you how crazy things are. And I went through 2008, 2009. This appears to be crazier than then because companies went way up and we follow the earnings. The earnings did not go up and we look out to, you know, 2021. So we said, well, we, we got to sell some of these. So so we've actually been selling a little bit here, raising some cash, not because just the idea to raise cash, but strictly for the idea of they're fully valued based on the earnings. So. Uh, that that's a, a big difference. So, All right, uh, phone number is 833-288-0973. That's 833-288-0973. Let's go to San Diego and speak with Jim. Jim, you're on the Smart Invest Show, Brent Chase. How can we help you?
4: Hi, Brent and Chase. This is the other Jim.
1: <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> Jim was double dipping uh, yeah. here.
4: <laughs> yeah, I'm not the same guy. Um, I have a question on Valero, please, V-L-O. Just okay. key, what you think as far as the future of uh, if, if there's still a hold.
2: Do, do you hold it yourself or are you looking to buy it Yeah
4: I do I hold it I, I bought it around 40s mid 40s or something like that okay
2: well, let's take a look at the Valero energy Their symbols VLO. We do see a P ratio of 64 versus not material for the industry. We do see price of sales looks very good though 0.24 versus 1.2. Price to book value 1.4 versus one and price of cash flow is expensive at 8.2 versus 2.9. Now you do get a nice dividend. You get a dividend of 6.2%. They use 359% of the earnings to pay that out. We know why, because they're an energy company. Earnings went way down. So you got to kind of look forward what's going to happen with that. You've again got to understand the dividend payout ratio. We do see sales did fall by 7.6% year over year. The last 12 months, uh, worse in the industry at a 3.1% drop. However, earnings per share for Valero, well, they fell by 85%. When the industry is down 319%, taking a look at the balance sheet for Valero, we see current ratio 1.3. That's above the industry at 1.2. Debt equity 61. That is below the industry at 83. And you do want the debt to equity lower than the industry. Return on equity is 2.1. Industry is at a negative 20%. Net profit margin, they still have one for the last year, 0.8%. Uh, industry's at a negative 28%, and we do see receivable see turnover 24.2 versus 6.8, and inventory turnover, very important for an energy company, 20 versus the industry at 10. Chase, what about the earnings going forward?
3: Yeah, so current price here for Valero is $63.16, 52-week high $101.99, and 52-week low $31 a share. So I- Pretty much in the middle of those two numbers there. Uh, Unfortunately, I look out to December 2021. I see estimated earnings per share on a gap basis, $3.68. Now, it would give us a target sell price of $59.62. So it appears this company is is
1: about
2: fully valued at this time. Yeah, and it's a very, very difficult one here as well, Jim, because, again, uh, we are starting to see uh, more people out there driving, uh, we, we we do look at the average of the estimates. Chase, uh, how many analysts did you see? How many analysts? Were there are eight, eight analysts. Eight, eight analysts on this, and, th- and the high to low. I don't think w- do we see the high and low here? What was
3: yeah, the, the high is six dollars and eight cents, and the low is one dollar and twenty three cents. Yeah. So
2: that's the other thing you have to look at too is how close are the analysts, and the analysts are very far away on this. Uh, you can kind of say, well, what do I think is going to happen? You got to be careful here because again, you don't want to be uh, emotional about it. But when you see such a wide disparity of the the analyst estimates. And we feel that, again, the economy is growing, the economy is picking up. That I do believe those earnings estimates going forward could rise a little bit. So normally we would say, yes, sell it. Yeah, I might want to be a little bit patient with this one. I mean, I, I do look forward
3: to, uh, and I'm going to look at just the, because we looked at GAP there. I, I do want to look at the non GAP uh, just for 2022, just for this whole point. They have 13 analysts for. 2022 on the non-GAAP basis i mean they're looking at six dollars and 62 cents which would of course uh, about double the target sell price from the current level so i think this company you're going to see as things return, I think that gasoline could do very, very well. Uh, diesel, of, of course, the alternative, and I know they have like an alternative fuel. Uh, it's called renewable diesel. That's made from animal byproducts and so forth. I, it's 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 quite amazing, and I think this is a, a great company to have here. So normally we'd say sell it, but as kind of led on led you to believe it, it might it might be worth holding at this point. Yeah.
4: all right. I'll I'll do that. I'll keep an eye on it. Yeah, it's one of those companies that. Um Seems like well run, and and things could only pretty much go up from here, I would think, with sales and whatever uh, as far as the economy.
2: Yeah, and they still pay that dividend; they have no problem paying that dividend. They got a great balance sheet, so yeah, it, it, it's a good company. Be be a little patient with I think. I mean,
3: you get a six point two one percent dividend yield based on the current price. I mean, that's that's a pretty nice yield. And actually,
2: Jim, you paid what I think you said forty for it, so your yield is probably maybe eight, maybe nine.
4: So. All right. Oh, good. Okay. Good. Well, I'll hang on. It's a kind of just a, some shares in in a Roth IRA I have, so it kind of um, stays, uh, you know, there, um, okay. untaxable. And so, very possible
3: right. it goes lower. You know, it could go back down to fifty, let's say. But you know, I think two three years down the road, I, I think it it could be back at you know eighty ninety hundred dollars a share.
2: Yeah. All right, Jim.
4: All right.
2: Cool. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks for calling. Bye bye. All right, that does open the phone line, 833-288-0973. Again, that's 833 288 Zero nine seven three. Kind of a slow day on the calls today, Chase.
3: Yeah, you know a l- little bit slow. But I was gonna say, I was, yeah. I was thinking back not to bring it up again. I, I'm kind of feeling a little hungry of the, the DQ <laughs> thing. Um, it, you know, it's kind of funny. You said, oh, they should be able to deliver it. Well, they probably could deliver it with uh, you know Postmates or DoorDash. Uh, you know, we actually did a post on that yesterday so that hey maybe that's a good segue we can talk talk about uh,
2: what's going on with the food delivery service companies you know maybe, maybe we should do that but uh, again I was not hungry now you brought it up again so thanks a lot there but uh, yeah so hey, we only have 15 minutes left so y- yeah. you can go eat pretty soon <laughs> well yeah let's talk about that because uh, we are seeing more people that did order through DoorDash and and, and these other ones you talked about uh, in the valuation the private market climbed from 13 billion in November to 16 billion uh, with the restaurants closed during the pandemic, delivery orders did surge 67% in the month of March, and DoorDash has been able to distance itself as the largest third-party delivery service with 45% market share. Wow. Uh, Uber Eats was next on the list with about 28%. But while it sounds appealing to invest in these, I'm just not thrilled about this industry.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to consider with this industry. I mean, you know, number one, uh, I went to a restaurant last night. Where'd you go? uh, It's called Madero's. It's uh, over in Carmel Valley area. And first time I've ever been there to a
2: Mexican restaurant. It was was great. And and I got to tell you, we went to Larson Steakhouse in UTC, which is right next to Javier's. They were booked, and there was people waiting outside. So, again, people are coming out and starting to dine.
3: Exactly. And it, it's just the idea that the I think the restaurant experience, I mean, you, you can't really beat it. You don't even with DoorDash, you get it delivered and you still got to throw away the food. And It sounds lazy, but, <laughs> you, you know, it's just the experience of going out. And it, right. it's, it's nice to be in public and see other people. And it just kind of the whole experience. So I, again, think that people will still go to restaurants. It's not just going to be DoorDash takes over the world and, you know, everybody's just going to order food in all the time. So I think that 67% climb we saw in March, I think it's going to perhaps even decline as we move forward over the next year as people start to return to restaurants. And I think especially now people are like, get me out to that restaurant. You (laughs) know, I've been cooped up all the time. I don't need to order DoorDash right now. So that's one concern I have.
2: Uh, the other thing, too, that's going on is a lot of consolidation because, you know, market share, they're all funding for market share, and uh, who was it? Grubhub and uh, Uber Eats tried to merge. That fell through, but then I, I was shocked to see the news that they're trying to merge with somebody else now. I think they actually did merge, right?
3: Yeah, it was announced they're merging, and the merger should take place in an all-stock deal next year. And uh, that company they're merging with is a Netherlands company called, gosh, where is it, JustEatTakeaway.com. And those two companies merged earlier this year, and that was an $11.1 billion merger. So now the concern is with Grubhub and them merging, I think that gives an outside force, a new country coming in, gives them more – firepower to kind of buy for market share and the way that they're vying for market share is discounts and you know lowering the price and what's that do it depresses earnings. So I think a lot of these companies are going to continue to lose money for the foreseeable future as they continue to fight for market share in this which which is just concerning.
2: Yeah and, and also do restaurants really don't like them either. I mean, because they have to pay. What is that? Thirty percent commission on pretty much. It, it depends feed? on.
3: It. Yeah, it 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 does vary, but it 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 can be as high as thirty percent, which of course eats into margins for an
2: already low margin business. Right. Right. So, alrighty. Uh, phone numbers. Uh, eight three three two eight eight zero nine seven three. Again, that's 833-288-0973. Oh, we had a call and also he's gone. <laughs> Um, I think it was Clay wanted to ask about Nicola, wasn't it? Yeah, that's
3: He's what like, it was. So, yeah.
2: uh, let's take a look at it because uh, we talked about it last week, uh, just how crazy it was. So and we got some numbers on it, which I was surprised. <laughs> I thought, I'll pull it up, nothing will be there. But we got some numbers on it now, and I uh, hope you're sent down for these numbers. But it comes again as a Nicola Corporation, symbol N-K-L-A. Uh, I'm going to run out the numbers. Uh, we'll do this. Uh, P-E ratio, 1,000. 87 percent. Well, there's a great start. Not really. We, we like to buy a company around 10, 12 times earnings. Uh, we do see that the price of sales. Well, this is a surprise. Eight point two. I am surprised. No, by there it. was no
3: price to sales. That was the book value.
2: Sorry oh, you're me. right. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong the wrong line. Yeah, I, I was going to say I thought I didn't have sales. So no sales, no price of sales, but price to tangible book value. Here we go. Ninety nine point eight five. That's just ridiculous. Don't see that too often. Industry at three point nine. So that gives you a good comparison. I'll see no sales uh no earnings uh the balance sheet well it shows here no current ratio uh debt to equity 0.18 uh, versus 263 for the energy it is a car company we'll call it or a trucking company uh, no net profit margin, no receivable turnover, no inventory turnover. I mean, there's just not much on this company. Is there anything that anybody trying to predict earnings or <laughs> anything for this company going forward?
3: Uh, no, no analysts no, cover the earnings going forward. And, uh, you know, that's a major concern for a company that has a market cap of $24 billion. <laughs> yeah. Is it $24 billion? Wow. Yeah, wow. and and the thing I do want to point out, it's very strange. You, you might be saying, well, how do they have earnings and no sales? That The thing is, is, is this company was actually what we call a, a blank check company. So it's a... A company that that basically is around, and they go out and acquire a business, and they acquired the the trucking business. So it's it, it's a unique type of structure. So I, I believe it might be due to accounting for the the blank check company because Nicola, the actual trucking business, has no orders until two thousand twenty one. They're not even making you know the products to deliver <laughs> right <laughs> until again two thousand twenty one. So um, you know this is a a company that is based on pure speculation. It's I mean, it's even a question, are they going to be able to deliver stuff in 2021? We'll have to see. And as I said, it's, it's just concerning that it surpassed, you know, a company like Ford that has, you know, great amount of sales. Right. <laughs> and somehow this company that doesn't even have orders yet is larger than Ford. And,
2: and it's kind of like it's, it's a big gamble. It's kind of like uh, when I go to Vegas and you step up to the blackjack table and you sit down, they always say, good luck. Well, we'll say the same thing on this one, good luck. Doesn't mean you're gonna lose, but you need the luck because it's not a good investment.
3: Yeah, I, I, I did just kind of pull up car which owns you know Peterbilt and Kenworth Trucks. Right. Their market cap right now is about 26 billion. So actually at the height, Nikola was valued higher than PACCAR. And they're you know a global company that, that has great sales in Europe and Canada right. and here in the United States. How in the world could this company that hasn't even made a sale yet, be more valuable because it is an electric truck company than Pacar, and Pacar has the autonomous trucks that they're in right. that's in their pipeline they had the different fuel cell trucks that's in their pipeline the electric trucks that's in their pipeline they're a great competitor against this company it, it just shows the craziness in the market right now
2: and and, and they're not autonomous driving they're, they're just electric right now correct no they're working on autonomous driving, driving okay trucks. yeah be- because that has to happen because when i think of truck drivers uh, they're usually like a different breed. They're kind of tough guys, kind of like, you know, they, they like you know going to the truck stops and so forth. I don't see them getting into an electric truck. They want the, the Kenworth. They want the Peterbilt. That's what they want. That's I think our truck drivers right now are, are more mature. There's not, I don't think, many 20 or 25 year old truck drivers now. So I don't see this happening very quickly unless they can come with the autonomous driving because then it's like, well, we don't need the truck drivers any longer. But I think that's still years away. Uh, which, again, maybe someday we'll look at Nikola like, wow, uh, they made it through. And that's the thing. They've got to make it, I think, at least for another five, six years because I do not see a truck driver, your average truck driver today, getting into an electric vehicle. He wants that diesel. Yeah. And I, I mean, the other thing you talk about competition,
3: Tesla is also doing yeah. trucks as well. So it's like it seems like a lot of people that bought this also by Tesla. And it's like, well, which one do you think is going to make it in there? Because one of these is going to take market share. And you know, again, I mentioned Packard. People love, and you know, business owners that that use trucking, those people love the Packard products.
2: Right, Chase. We got a few minutes left here. Let's quickly go up to Temecula. Let's speak with John. John, you're on the smart investor, Brent Chase. How can we help you?
0: Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, hey, I'm looking at uh, RGA, um, which is a reinsurance uh, company, uh, okay. and uh, I've got a small position now and and thinking about maybe another entry point, wondering where that might be and, and just what do you think of, uh, of the company overall.
2: Okay. I kind of like this industry. I want to take a look at it uh, quickly here because it could be something here. So coming again is a Reinsurance Group of America, symbol RGA, good start, PE ratio 8.8. That is by above the industry at 6.9. We do see price of sales oh 0.4 versus 0.6. Price to book value, wow, 0.61 versus 0.66. That's great. You're paying 60 cents on the dollar for the tangible assets of this company. Price to cash flow is expensive at 8.7 versus 2.2. You do get a good dividend of 3.3%. They use 28% of the earnings to pay that out. Sales year over year up 7.4% above the industry at 1.6. However, earnings did fall by 14%, industry up 16%. Total debt to equity is 38. That's slightly above the industry at 30 return equity is only 6.5 versus 8.5 net profit margin 4.3 versus 8.7 chase what do you see the numbers going forward there's a current price here for reinsurance group of america $83.93
3: well off the 52 week high of $169.26 and that 52 week low $55.39 but if i look to december 2021 is the estimated earnings per share on a gap basis $13.03, $13.03, wow, that would give us a target sell price of $211.09. So it, it looks very intriguing, yeah. um, you know, for, especially from a valuation standpoint.
2: And, and I kind of like this concept. I can see how much time I got. I want to get cut off here. But I I, I I, like the concept because this is something that is not going to be hit. And, again, they reinsurance insurance company. So it's a great place where, over years, they've made a lot of money by doing that. Obviously, there's a big you know, earthquake or a lot of storms, that's, that's going to hurt them. But this could be a possibility to invest during this time frame when everything else going crazy. A reinsurance company like Group of America could be a great, great thing. So, John, I like it.
1: Great. Thanks for your guys' input. Appreciate it.
2: All right. Have a great day. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, well, that does not own a fo- another phone line because we only got about two minutes left. And, and, and Chase, you know, uh, when I saw that coming up, as I said, I had a feeling on it. Um, that it could be something, because we've been looking for other areas to go into, perhaps. And, w- and again, we're just starting this. We won't make that decision probably for, you know, weeks uh, before we can do all the research to find out about But, uh, but I like the concept. What's your thought?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's interesting. I mean, we've especially been kind of looking for something that, that can provide a little bit of yield. And it, it looks like this has a, you know, 3.3% dividend. I mean, that, that's that's quite nice as well um the thing that does concern me is the earnings have been you know just all over the place mm-hmm. um but you know and the stock
2: price of course has been quite volatile but so has a lot of other stocks <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i look at the earnings 2018 they were 11 2019 13.62 so that 13 now i don't like that only four analysts are following it but they're still a fairly tight on those numbers uh, the lowest meant 10.56 the high 15.37 so i and like i that.
3: will say too i i we like the gap numbers, um, but sometimes I think it's a little bit harder to predict out on the gap numbers. So I mean, if you look at the non-gap numbers as well, there's 11 analysts, so there, there are okay. there's a decent amount of people following this company. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of take those both in consideration. But I I think that that has an interesting story here, and it could
2: have some great potential. And, and also too, you got to understand those non-gap numbers because sometimes we'll actually use them because they make sense of what they're doing. Like currency fluctuations, one that we say, oh okay, well that w- we understand why they have to do that. Um, uh, i think mark to market's another one we have to kind of look at so again this is what we talk about understand those numbers we have to understand well why is it pre-exempt that what, what are they coming up with
3: it, exactly it's so important because it, it could just be you know one time hit where it, it's like well it doesn't really impact their cash flows so it, it's not as concerning um, but as always you have to understand the numbers behind what you're buying <laughs> <Right>.
2: here <laughs> uh, and understand what's going on with that company yep exactly all righty well There's the closing bell. I knew it was coming up. So thank you for listening to the Smart Investing Show. It is for informational purposes only and should not be used as investment advice. If you'd like to discuss in more detail your investment needs or have other investment questions, feel free to call myself Brent Wilsey or Chase Wilsey at 858-546-4306. That's 858-546-4306. Or visit our website, smartinvesting2000.com. That's smartinvesting2000.com. And for more daily educational information, along with investment tips, go to our Facebook page, Smart Investing with Brent and Chase Wilsley. Today's show is sponsored in part by Thomson Reuters. Closing song is sung by, uh, well, the closing song, Frank Sinatra's My Way, is performed by Robin, Roman Palacios. Thank you for listening. Talk more next week.
1: Opinions and offers expressed during this program are not those of Intercom Communications or 97.3, The Fan.
0: KWFN FM and KWFN HD One San Diego, a radio.com's point station.
1: What's up? Tony Gwynn Jr. here. Listen to Gwynn and Chris from 3 to 7 p.m. on San
3: Diego's number one sports station, 97.3, The Fan.